0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. wa barakatuh. rahman Rahmanir rahim Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. May Allah bless them, bless every one of us and grant us goodness. My brothers and sisters, when a person is interested in entering the fold of Islam, we generally ensure that they have understood the five pillars of Islam. And that happens to be, firstly, the, the concept of belief In the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one creator, then the messengership of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the finality of it, and that is one pillar. The second would be that of the five daily prayers, then that of fasting in Ramadan, then that of giving alms to the poor, and then that of fulfilling the hajj or the pilgrimage, following the footsteps of the prophet Abraham may peace be upon him as well as the footsteps of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. if one is able and capable to do that they should be doing it once in a lifetime so that is the first thing that the, the person who wants to enter the fold of Islam would actually know and believe in and accept and acknowledge secondly they need to know the pillars of iman iman meaning the belief If you notice the five pillars we spoke about just now, pillars of Islam, they are connected to something that a person can see. Physically, one can utter the shahada. You can see them praying, you can see them abstaining from food, you can see them giving alms to the poor, and you can see them going for hajj. But when it comes to the pillars of iman, and they are generally said to be six pillars of iman, we find that those are connected to the heart, no one knows that besides Allah. Do you really believe in the statement there is none worthy of worship besides Allah and Muhammad is his messenger? When you have that belief in your heart, it goes beyond what is just on your tongue. So that is Iman, first pillar of Iman, to have that in your heart. Thereafter, to believe in the angels, malaika, to believe in the books, to believe in all the previous books that they are from Allah in their original, pristine, uncontaminated form, we believe in them. To believe that the Qur'an is the last of those books and that it is uncontaminated, unchanged. And that can be proven over time. In fact, in our age, there has been absolutely no change since our own guaranteed living memory. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. So, then we believe in all the messengers none of them are to be blasphemed whether it is jesus may peace be upon him moses may peace be upon him musa alayhi salam isa alayhi or any of the others dawood alayhi david solomon suleyman alayhi all of these we will never utter a single derogatory word against them we believe they were the loftiest and the highest of their communities and of their time may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that understanding then we would expect that a person who wants to enter the fold of Islam believes that there is a last day when everything will come to an end in this world and all creation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will decide how, when uh, it will be destroyed or it will come to an end and he will decide what happens next, etc. Whatever he has told us, we believe. What he did not tell us, we know that we perhaps Leave it to Allah because He didn't want us to know. He wants us to believe it. He is the all-powerful. What He chooses, nobody can have a say in. That is Allah. So we believe there will be a last day. And we believe that good and bad fate comes from the Almighty. That's the sixth pillar of Islam. We believe that good and bad fate comes from the Almighty. That's that's the, the sixth pillar of Islam. When something good happens, for as long as you have tried your best to do what is beneficial for you. If something other than what you wanted happens, you have to praise Allah even more than if it were to happen according to what you wanted. The reason is, I want and Allah wants. And ultimately I believe that what Allah wants is going to happen. So when I want and I try to achieve and it happens, I thank Allah. Because then He also wanted what I wanted. Subhanallah. But when I want and I try to achieve and Allah does not give me once and twice and ten times, I need to thank Him that He has taken command of it and chosen otherwise for me. That is belief in Allah. If it was good, I believe it's from Allah. If it was bad, it is still the choice of Allah, the power of Allah in play. I surrender to it. Allah doesn't want me to become depressed due to a loss I have suffered. And He doesn't want me to become proud due to something I have gained. For the balance between the two, He would love us to release that totally, wholly and solely to Him such that we believe firmly it's all from Him. If He gave you, it's from Him. If He took away, it's from Him, His choice. So. We also believe in judgment day. It's part of believing in the last day and the hereafter. Some consider it a seventh pillar, but a lot would actually take it into that pillar of belief in the last day and the hereafter, which means I am accountable for everything I say and do, and all my thoughts and whatever else the Almighty has told me, I'm accountable to none other than my Maker. So when a person believes this Islam and the pillars of Islam and the pillars of Iman, we would tell them, Say your shahada. I'm sure you've heard that term before. Some say, say the kalima. I'm sure you've heard that term before. What is that kalima? What is that shahada? What makes it so important? It's like stepping on or crossing that line between disbelief and belief. That's what it is. La ilaha illallah muhammadur Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa That is a declaration It is just a declaration It is a statement actually It means There is none worthy of worship besides Allah And Muhammad peace be upon him Is his slave And his messenger Okay That's the literal English translation of it It doesn't do justice to it completely But I want to spend the next 20 minutes approximately Explaining this when a person wants to become a Muslim, they would have to say that I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. In other words, "Ashhadu." Ashhadu means I bear witness. Allah ilaha illallah. That there is no God worthy of worship. None worthy of worship besides Allah and who is Allah my maker my nourisher my cherisher my provider my protector my curer the one in whose hands lies absolute control of every aspect of existence he is the only one who is owed worship I bear witness that no one is worthy of worship besides him subhanallah that's the first part of the declaration you're now halfway there thereafter وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ or you could say وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهُ. and I bear witness that Muhammad may peace be upon him is the messenger of Allah within that we believe he's the final messenger of Allah we believe he's the slave of Allah عَبْدُهُ because he is a slave of Allah he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he never called anyone to worshipping him now why is that such a statement that it enters you into the fold of Islam? If it is, and it definitely is, such a powerful statement, then all of us should be repeating it on a daily basis. Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu Anna Muhammadan Abduhu wa rasuluhu." The hadith says, Whoever's last statement as they were passing away. In the, from this life was la ilaha illallah Allah will grant them jannah. Allah will perhaps excuse them of whatever shortcomings they have had in the past and they will enter the fold of meaning they will enter the gardens of paradise. May Allah make us from those who the last statements are the best of our statements and the best of all statements is la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa If we were to analyze this statement, we would realize whether we are actually true Muslim or not. So what is the meaning of la ilaha illallah? Let's analyze it. Let us analyze it in a very simple way. We're not going to make it difficult. In the English language, we all know, since we were children, we grew up saying, there is no one worthy of worship besides Allah. I remember when I was little, we used to repeat it in chorus with a lot of the other children sometimes at the madrasa, And we used to say, there is no one worthy of worship besides Allah, right? But we never ever realized the key word there. Worthy of worship. That's the key word. Obviously, it's all about Allah. So I'm not going to say that Allah is a key word because Allah is the head of everything, the height of everything, right at the top, way beyond what we can term a key word. But we're talking of when you're analyzing the meaning of it, worthy of worship, what that means is, I promise that I'm not going to render any act of worship for anyone or anything besides Allah. That's what it means. Did you hear that? Let's say it again. I bear witness there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. If I really bear witness to that, it means I will never ever render any act of worship for anyone or anything besides Allah. There it goes. Subhanallah. So any act of worship... Any act of worship can only be valid if it is rendered for Allah and to Allah. We don't worship anyone or anything besides Allah because that is the declaration that enters us into the fold of Islam. And if we do worship anyone or anything besides Allah, considering them a deity or rendering acts of worship for them or to them, we have automatically Blemished that statement that we have been making where we need to go back and revisit it and rekindle it, reignite it, renew it and declare that worship back for Allah alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who worship Him alone. But we have one big problem. What is the problem? A question arises, how do I worship Allah? It's a very good question because some people just shake their heads looking at the sky, and they think that's the worship of Allah. Is it really the worship of Allah? Some people wave at the clouds. Is that the worship of Allah? Some people might jump or dance or, you know, do whatever else. Some even intoxicate themselves and claim that this is the worship of God Almighty. And they do all sorts of things across the globe. As Muslims, we believe that the second part of that statement and declaration solves the problem. What is the issue? The issue is, how do I worship Allah? Allah told me, none shall be worshipped besides Allah. I believe it, I declare it. And I say, O you who made me, O you whom I'm going to return to, O you who is in control of all aspects of my life, I worship you and you alone. I have hope in you. I render worship in you. You are the curer. You are in absolute control of all aspects of my existence. I will meet you one day, and I'm looking forward to meeting you one day, and I will never render an act of worship for anyone and to anyone besides me. So he gave, he gave us the favor, the greatest of all favors. Wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan rasulullah. And I bear witness that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the messenger of Allah. If I told you, my brother, that businessman has sent you a messenger, what will you say? Where is the message? Am I right? If I tell you that man's messenger has come to you, first question you're going to say, what has he brought? Right? Do you start worshipping that man who came? You will respect him, you will honor him because he is the messenger of someone who you respect. Subhanallah. And you will do whatever you have to as per the instruction of the one who was sending the messenger. So, you get the letter and you look at it, or the message and you look at it and you act accordingly. So, when you have declared and I have declared that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah, He says, I've sent you a messenger. He has the message. He conveyed the message. That's why we say, O messenger, we bear witness that you have delivered the message and you have fulfilled the trust. That was entrusted upon you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We bear witness. We have the Qur'an. We are reading it. We know it is not tampered with. So now we have the Qur'an. What is the Qur'an? It is the message of Allah. The word of Allah. It started from Allah. It was spoken by Allah. It was sent via the messenger. Peace be upon him for you and me. For all of us. You and I. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. So... The Messenger, peace be upon him, was sent to us to show us what Allah wants from us. So now when a person is entering the fold of Islam, they are told how to clean themselves. How do I know what is considered clean and unclean? Well, I just have to look at what the Messenger brought from Allah, because I believe in Allah. Whatever he says is clean is clean. Whatever he said was unclean is not clean. And it's done easy. Subhanallah. Thereafter, there is something known as halal and haram. Halal and haram meaning that which is permissible and impermissible, prohibited. I need to make sure that I got that message clearly. Al-halal ma ahallahu Allah, wal-haram ma Allah. Halal is that which Allah has made halal. If He says this is good enough to eat, you eat it. Or it's good enough and pure enough for you to consume or to associate with, you will do so. If he says it is not, it's not. Surrender. It is not for a believing male or female that when Allah and His Messenger have decided and declared something that they feel they still have a choice about it. They don't have a choice about it. If you declare your belief, you will surrender to Allah. If you have not declared your belief, you have not surrendered to Allah. You've chosen something else. Your reckoning and account is between you and Allah. We don't need to insult you. We disagree with so many people across the globe. There is no need to insult, becoming aggressive, becoming violent. When Allah tells the messenger, فَإِنَّمَا عَلَيْكَ الْبَلَاغُ وَعَلَيْنَا الْحِسَابِ Your duty is to convey the message. The accounting, we will do. Subhanallah. So when you see people believing differently from you and I, there is no need to spew hate, to become abusive, to be disrespectful, to become violent, to hurt, to harm, etc. No need. You keep on conveying the message in a beautiful way. They may or may not see the light, but you've done your duty. What was your duty? To convey the good message, the message of who is Allah, what it entails, how to worship Allah, what, who was the messenger, why he was sent. That's what we're doing today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. The messenger, peace be upon him, was sent with a message. Allah sent him to show us how Allah wants to be worshipped. Because we declared there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Are you following how the two are connected? The moment you say, I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Didn't we say it means, I bear witness that I'm not going to render any act of worship for anyone or anything besides Allah. Then Allah says, Here's the messenger, He's going to teach you how I want you to worship me. So now we say, I bear witness, He is the messenger. Where is the message? Here it is. Let me look into it. That's why all of us are supposed to be looking into this message. We are wrong. If we don't look at the meanings and translations and deeper understanding of the Qur'an, we are wrong. People are fearful of the word of Allah. When Allah is your maker, He's going to ask you, I sent you the message. I sent you a messenger. You declared that He was the messenger. But you never ever bothered to read that message of mine. Allahu Akbar. Look at this. People must not scare you. You need to read the message. When you don't understand something, you will ask about it. The Qur'an has goodness and purity in it that needs to be understood in the correct context. That's it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. So, when the Prophet peace be upon him said, You shall pray, how many times a day? Five. Where did I get it from? The Messenger peace be upon him. Praying five times a day is not in the Qur'an. People can go high and low, they can turn red in the face or blue or green. Praying five times a day is not in the Qur'an. But we are not people who say, I'm only going to take the Qur'an and that's it. Because the Qur'an itself tells you in more than ten places to follow the Messenger, peace be upon him. So if you really read the Qur'an, it would show you there is a Messenger who came with the message. And Allah kept that Messenger such that his life was so beautiful, if you followed his life, you would know that by emulating it, you would solve your problem. I want to give you one unrelated example. Any problem you have in your life, trust me, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, has been through worse than that. And he dealt with it with iman. So if you were to read the life of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his biography, it will bring within you comfort. It will bring within you a lot of contentment. Because you know, when Allah loved him more than all of us and tested him with so much, We would probably be going through more than that, but we are actually going through less than that. May Allah strengthen us. Going back to what I was saying, I will fulfill my five daily prayers. How? Exactly as the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught me because he was sent by Allah. And a huge, I can say, a big deal was made of the sending of this messenger because he was the biggest ever, the highest in rank, subhanallah. So we should be giving him such great importance. Today when an important figure walks into the masjid, everyone wants to turn around. Let's not give the example of a masjid. When, when a popular figure who is popular for sin happens to be in our midst or communities, a lot of us would pay to see them. Subhanallah. Why? Because they are popular. I'm just saying it's a reality. However, imagine the messenger peace be upon him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We claim we follow, but let's follow up that claim with the truth from, in, from within our hearts. If I say he's the messenger, it means Allah sent him to teach me how to worship Allah. So I will not engage in any act of worship that was not done or taught by him. Simple. It's as simple as ABC. If he didn't do it, you don't need it. Why? He was sent as the messenger. This manuscript is complete. On this day I have completed and perfected your faith. My gift upon you has been completed. It is sealed, it's complete. There's nothing new to add. The Prophet, peace be upon him, says, Whoever does a deed, an act of worship, whoever does an act of worship that we have not instructed or taught or done, it will rebound to him in sin. I cannot just choose to jump with my, right, with my right leg up and down and claim I prayed and then I walk out of the mosque. I, I would be foolish. I need to start the way he taught. I need to face the place where he taught me to face. I need to be in the condition of ablution. The wudu will be how he taught. I cannot decide even to start with the masah of my head before the washing of my face. I cannot even change the order. When I'm praying, I cannot read dhuhr before I read... For example, the next salah, I cannot read one before the other and change the order of it, claiming, no, I'm making maghrib now because I'm lazy to read all four. I'll just do three now. I'll count it as maghrib. You cannot do that. It's foolish. So why then when we know that you cannot change an act of worship, which is not taught by Allah. How on earth can we add entirely new acts of worship and claim, no, I'm sure if the Prophet was here, he would love it. Astaghfirullah. You have insulted him. You know, whoever claims that there is an act of worship that the Prophet ﷺ forgot to teach us, did not teach us, or would love it if he were here, but he didn't say it to us. He has insulted the status of the Prophet, peace be upon him. He was the final messenger. He came with all goodness. The Prophet, peace be upon him, not only acts of worship, but the Sahaba, anhum, say, "ما ترك خيرا إلا ودلنا عليه ولا شرا إلا حذرنا منه حتى الخراءة أو الخراءة." He says the Sahaba, anhum, say, there was nothing good that the Prophet, peace be upon him, forgot to teach us about. There was nothing bad that he forgot to remind us about, including. How to wash yourself after you relieve yourself? Subhanallah. How to wash yourself after you relieve yourself? My brothers and sisters, I want to say something very important. If there is a direct act of worship that was not done by the Prophet wasallam, stay away from it. Don't do it. Don't waste your time. Because there are so many that were instructed by him, taught by him, undisputed that we have not yet done that nobody would blame us or even comment about if we were to do. And we haven't yet done them. You get up for tahajjud. Is anyone going to complain? No. We won't get up for tahajjud, but we will do another extra deed that no one has done or it was not done by the Prophet ﷺ or the companions and claim that this is going to be pleasing to Allah. And Allah says, hang on, who do you think you are? Didn't you just declare there is none worthy of worship besides Allah? And I believe Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the messenger, the final messenger of Allah. Either there's a problem in your declaration of the finality of the prophethood, because you're declaring that someone else came and taught you something else, or you don't even believe he was the messenger because you have a message that was not from Allah. It's like dialing the wrong number. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. What will happen to your email when you have a small mistake in that address? It rebounds. Same applies to our acts of deeds. When we do a deed that was not taught by Allah, that was not taught or instructed or done by Muhammad trust me we are at the greatest loss so this is why it's so important for us not just to look at people entering the fold of Islam and telling ourselves wow they declared the shahada ask yourself have you really declared the shahada if you really have declared the shahada you're going to start cleaning your act. Islam is simple, we make it difficult. We add, just like we add spices and salt in the food, we start adding things and adding cultural matters that have nothing to do with the deen. Yes, innovation in Islam and the Islamic terminology and context is only connected to acts of worship. Anything that is not a direct act of worship is not included in the term innovation in the Sharia context. So if I were to have paint, and if I were to have electricity, and cars, and, and aircraft, and whatever else, all that is not considered the shari'i innovation, but rather those are natural, normal advancement of man, which is not only permissible, but it, it is even recommended, and it can be used to earn the closeness of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we are talking of direct acts of worship. You cannot make dua to anyone besides Allah. Do you know I've been speaking for 25 minutes, my time is actually up. The topic of La ilaha illallah and its meaning, we need to actually spend much more time on it, because that is the core and the crux of who we are, our identity, who we believe in, where we are going. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true belief in His oneness. Qawli قولي هذا Sallallahu الله وسلم على نبينا محمد.